BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Every Thursday, we go to the MGM National Harbor to hook up with the mad scientist himself, Warren Sharp from Sharp Football Analysis, our lead analyst on SportsGrid. Here he is at the BetMGM Sportsbook, styling, getting ready for Saints-Rams tonight at SoFi in Lipstick City. Good to see you, Warren. Merry Christmas. What do you think of this matchup tonight in L.A.? Merry Christmas to you as well as Scott. Uh, this matchup tonight is going to be more intriguing than I think a lot of people think that we're just going to see the Rams roll right over the Saints. Now, I'm not betting the Saints, but I'm also not laying the points with the Rams. I think this game could be a fascinating back-and-forth affair. Um, I think that the Rams have really not been tested enough against some quality-caliber defenses of late, but I'm worried that the Saints just are a little bit smoke and mirrors with how good their defensive performance has been so far this season and I think this game could come down to the wire. It just all depends on how good Derek Carr executes down inside of the red zone. We've seen this team. They haven't had Taysom Hill for a couple games. They haven't had Chris Olave for a couple games. They've got these weapons back. They now have the full avenue at their disposal. How are they going to try to attack this defense of the Rams and how successful will they be? Um, I do have a prop that I'm gonna that I really like on this game that we'll get to in the next segment. But I think there's going to be avenues here for Derek Carr to have a good game through the air. I don't think they're going to get a lot accomplished on the ground. I do think they're going to be playing from behind a little bit here, Scott. But I'm not willing to lay the Rams and just say that they cakewalk all over the New Orleans Saints tonight. It seems like, you know, uh, when you look at their road uh, season, it hasn't gone well, except for the win in Indy. They pretty much stumbled on the road wherever they go. They lost at the Falcons, uh, and they had lost two in a row before they beat the Panthers and Giants. Is it going to be the same problems again, rearing their ugly head with them on the road going west? Yeah, I mean, it's a short week. I think Dennis Allen has talked about this. Every every team has to play games like this now and then. I don't think it's that big of a deal, and I don't think it's something that they could not possibly overcome because I don't think there's much of a home field advantage here for the Rams in this spot. Um, I just look at this Saints defense, and when you look at some of the numbers, 43% of the drives against them haven't gained a first down. That's the second-best defense in the league. 27% of the drives reach the red zone against them or score before. That's also the second best in the league. Only to the Cleveland Browns in both statistical categories are they the second best defense in the league. But I just don't necessarily believe those numbers. So in games past, the Saints may have been able to lean a little bit more on their defense because they played this lower tiered caliber of offenses, but they're not going up against a lower tier caliber of offenses. Last week on this show, we talked about the Rams going over their team total against the Washington Commanders. They did. They should have gone over by more because they had multiple fumbles en route to scoring points. But there have not been very many games that the Rams have played where they have had the services of Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and obviously Kyron Williams, their running back number one. It's literally been the last three weeks that all of these guys together have been healthy and on the field. I think that makes a difference here for the Rams. I think their offense is definitely a lot stronger with all 
all of those players. It's shown up on the scoreboard for sure. And they've played a lot of these games on the road. They've played a lot of these games uh, against better defenses than the Saints have. So I do certainly believe that the Rams are able to get this done. And if you're talking about from a coaching perspective, while some of the Sean McVay play calls seem unnecessary and a little bit of tinkering where he doesn't need to and just attack the weakness of the defense very directly, stop playing around these games of misdirection behind the line of scrimmage when they're not really necessary. I don't love that about him, but he's clearly the better coach and play caller for the Rams than we've got down in New Orleans for the Saints. So I think from a coaching perspective, we have an edge for, this, for the Rams. And typically, that is what rears its head on a short week is which team is better coached, which team has better players. Those are the teams that tend to have a lot more success in these types of games. We welcome our radio affiliates, SiriusXM, Channel 159, our satellite partners all over the Southern Hemisphere, and of course, Sports Byline and their great radio affiliates out of San Francisco. We're talking to Warren Sharp at the MGM National Harbor, like we do every Thursday, where we hit everything in the NFL. Now, you talk about Cup, Puka Shells, uh, Williams, those three guys have been putting out numbers in these last five games. I even thought that. You know, they're averaging roughly around 30 points a game, even in the loss to the Ravens in the rain, in Baltimore, in overtime. They lose on a punt return. But they have been playing really good football for five weeks now. And I think it's when you see Cup on the field with Puka Shells and Williams uh, that they got the three weapons they need to win games. Yeah, and this, this game, I believe, should be a big cup game. Um, I did not bet any cup props over because I didn't necessarily love the numbers. They were already pretty inflated. But if you look at these numbers, it's hard to believe that cup's not going to be in a great position to contribute a lot tonight. Uh, he plays 63% of his snaps in the slot. 48% uh, of wide receiver receptions against the Saints have come to slot receivers. So we're talking about nearly 50% of their receptions allowed to wide receivers come in the slot. This is where Cup is living. Plays there a lot more than Puka does. In addition, the Saints play man coverage on 36% of their snaps. Cup has been targeted on 33% of his routes against man coverage as compared to only 20% of his routes when he runs them against zone. So they're not going to face as much zone. They're going to face more man here. They're going and be higher upside for Cup to be targeted on those types of routes. So whether it's because he plays in the slot or is going to be facing a higher rate of man coverage, I think he's going to get a lot of targets in this game. That is not the prop that I like, however. I will be back with that prop. Uh, but this is definitely a great opportunity for Cooper Cup to put some stats up tonight. Olave's at around 918 on the season. He's been huge for this team. Uh, there was some doubt whether he would play tonight. Carver High says he is going tonight. Does he get over that thousand tonight and have a big game? Well, I think that's going to be tough. The one thing that he has going for him is the game script. They are probably going to be trailing. I alluded to the fact that worse coaches tend to be worse on short rest. Well, here's the stats on Dennis Allen. He's 1-8 straight up and 2-7 and against the spread when he coaches with less than normal rest. So there, right, that right there tells you this guy just does not get his teams ready properly, and that's something that I think Sean McFay is going to do. For those reasons, the receiving problem for the Saints should be the way to look here. I don't think they're going to sit back and have the opportunity to run the ball a lot, ground and pound it a lot, because they're not going to be leading in this game unlike they were last week, for example. So I think you're going to have to attack through the air in chase mode here. That could give Olave more opportunities, uh, but those opportunities are probably going to have to come outside the red zone because their car has been terrible inside of the red zone going up against Stafford, who usually is very good down there. When we come back, Warren's going to dive into the Lions and Vikings at U.S. Bank and Mini. Baltimore and San Francisco, what a game. Plus, Washington and the Jets at Snoopy. You know we're going to hit every single game the entire weekend on this holiday weekend. It's coast to coast. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back to the BetMGM Sportsbook at the National Harbor with Warren Sharp. You can follow him at Sharp Football and SharpFootballAnalysis.com. Both are badass. You need to follow him if you're a real football fan. All right, Warren, we're kind of going all over the place here. We'll start on uh, a Sunday game. Detroit laying three on the road in many, 47 and a hook. It seems to me like they're going to have their hands full in this game. This is not a walk in the park for the Lions. No, it's not. And everybody talks about Jared Goff playing in a dome, not outdoors, so that should help. And I I don't disagree. You know, obviously he did really well last week playing back at home after having played on the road. So certainly playing indoors as opposed to playing outside in the elements in the winter is better than playing outside. But... It's not like he's had success in Minnesota. If you look at what he's done the last two years in Minnesota, in 2022, he averaged just 6.8 yards per attempt, one touchdown and one interception, and lost. The year before that, he averaged even worse, only 5.8 yards per attempt, no touchdowns, one interception, sacked four times, and lost. So he's 0-2 the last two years, going to Minnesota, playing in this raucous environment. Crowd is going to be jacked up as this team is trying to make a run to the postseason for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, And then the style of defense that they play, where they blitz a lot, they're going to have to get home with those blitzes because Jared Goff has massive splits, especially against zone blitzes. Against man blitzes, he's not that bad. Whether you get pressure or you don't, his stats are very similar. Very different, though. If you blitz him and play zone behind it like the Vikings do more than any team in the league, Jared Goff is terrible if you actually get pressure, but he's great (laughs) if you don't get pressure. And so you've got to get pressure on these blitzes by Brian Flores' defense. Now, the thing that I think is hidden that's going to really help this Minnesota Vikings offense is the fact that the Detroit Lions are terrible against play action. And the Minnesota Vikings use play action more than any other offense in the NFL. And Nick Mullins used it last week at a ridiculous rate on 49% of all of his dropbacks, including 60% of his early down dropbacks. The Minnesota Vikings dialed up play action last week, and they had a ton of success when they used it. He averaged nine yards per pass attempt, 80% success and plus 0.62 EPA per attempt. When you look at the splits for the Lions, when you use play action versus not, when you use it against them, they rank 32 in yards per attempt allowed. They're allowing 11 and a half yards per attempt since their week seven bye when they when teams use play action on early downs. They rank number 31 in success rate and number 26 in yards per pass attempt. So I think you're going to get a very intelligently designed strategic approach here from the Minnesota Vikings, both defensively and offensively, to keep this game tight. I think the Lions are laying a few too many points on the road in Minnesota in a difficult environment that Jared Goff has not had a lot of success in. I think the Minnesota Vikings are definitely a lively underdog here. I mean, they blew that game in Cincinnati. They should have won that game, and now they're at home getting three. I didn't think Mullins played badly at all, and from the sounds of it, uh, you like their chances. I like their chances with the three at home. Agree, agree. I think they're, I think they're a lively underdog here. All right, let's talk about the gift that everyone wants. More than Santa, more than cookies and milk, more than Christmas dinner with the family. 
It's the Ravens and Niners on Christmas night. Are you kidding me? That's the best thing that's ever happened to the world. Yeah, I think the biggest surprise in this game that's going to catch a lot of people off guard, and I do have a prop that will play into this later, is the fact that I believe that Christian McCaffrey and this 49ers rushing attack is going to have a fair amount of success here against this Baltimore Ravens run defense. I know the Ravens have like the, one of the top three defenses in the NFL. But one of the areas that they struggle against is when teams utilize two running backs on the field at the same time. Most typically, it's a fullback and a running back, but 21-22 personnel. The Ravens' run defense is terrible, and part of the reason that it's terrible is because Mike McDonald, the Ravens' defensive coordinator, since he came to Baltimore, part of the reason that he does so well against the pass and creates all these exotic looks defensively and comes with all these different sim pressures is because he plays with light boxes. He plays with light boxes, the second highest rate of any defensive coordinator in the NFL. And as a result, they have some susceptibility in the ground game. And when you run against them with heavier personnel, this 21-22 personnel, this defense ranks on the season dead last in EPA per rush, dead last in success rate, dead last in yards after contact per rush, and number four worst in yards per carry. Uh, if you saw the Rams, they used it a little bit last week, not a whole lot, but they had a ton of success on the ground when they utilized it. That was two weeks ago. The Rams did it uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. Kyron Williams had a lot of success in that game. The 49ers run offense uses this two running back sets on 60% of their rushes, the second highest rate of any offense in the NFL. So I think they are going to have some success. I think it's going to bode well for Christian McCaffrey, take a little bit of the burden off of Brock Purdy, trying to evaluate all these sim pressures. And I think Kyle Shanahan's going to have some success here. But on the flip side, Scott, I do think that Lamar Jackson will have to see if Odell Beckham is back. It looked like Zay Flowers returned to practice. And they've got some creativity offensively that's really led by Lamar's ability to buy time to scramble around a bit. Teams from the NFC just have not fared very well against Lamar because they don't see that style of quarterback play very frequently. His mobility could potentially cause some problems. Now, they do go up against Kyler Murray at a fairly frequent rate. Being in the NFC West, they see a mobile quarterback like Kyler Murray a couple of times a year, so that should help the 49ers a little bit, but I still think Lamar's legs are going to be able to propel the Ravens to keep this game close, but ultimately I think that the 49ers are going to be able to put up enough points just because I think they're going to be able to run the ball all game long on the ground and then work the pass off of that and really give Mike McDonald's defense some more difficulties than they faced most of the season. What do you think of the Ravens all thinking that they get no respect at all and uh, they don't like being an underdog here? Uh, same record. Uh, they have Lamar. Lamar is a dog, is 11 and 3. Uh, this guy, all he does is come up big. How can you give that team five and a half points? Yeah, I do believe that the line is a little bit elevated from what it probably should be. There's a tax that the books are charging to continue to bet on the 49ers just because of how good the 49ers have been and how they're being discussed in the media right now. And it's being led by the fact that Brock Purdy is in these MVP discussions. And so the more that Brock Purdy and all the talk shows is being discussed as the MVP, they're bringing up all the stats about how the 49ers are this great team. And so it's leading to a little bit of overvaluation of this team on a point spread as well. So I don't disagree. I don't disagree that the Niners are a little bit overvalued and maybe there is some value in taking the Ravens here, but the Ravens are going to have to battle from behind it. I love Lamar in this spot. I love John Harbaugh in this spot. These are the times to bet on the Baltimore Ravens is when they're catching points as underdogs. It's going to be a great, thrilling game that could be a Super Bowl preview, but there's a lot of pros for both of these teams just because they're both really good teams. I can't wait to see them stack up against one another and what in-game chess moves are made. Washington at the Jets at Snoopy. The Jets, meanwhile, have lost six of seven. The only game they look good in, stunningly, was the 30-6 win over the Texans where they had the big second half and Zach went off. But he's concussed now, and they are back to their losing ways. Are they even going to be able to handle that three against Washington, who's equally as awful as they are? 
Well, I don't think we realize how awful Sam Howell is. I mean, we were sold a total fake bill of goods to start the season by Ron Rivera, who's telling us that Sam Howell's the guy who's going to take over here. Do you know that there's been 20 quarterbacks with 400-plus attempts this year? Sam Howell ranks 18th in literally every single metric. Only two quarterbacks are worse than him. We're talking about the journeyman Josh Dobbs, who was cut from teams and now is on two teams this year and now is benched. And we're talking about a rookie, Bryce Young. It's the only two quarterbacks that Sam Howell is better than he has been horrific this season now he's going up against the number one defense in the NFL with great outside cover corners it's going to be hellish for this team to try to keep Sam Howell upright I think it's going to be difficult for the Washington Commanders to cover this number we'll hit those Saturday games next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 investments like acquiring america's largest biogas producer archaea energy and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is a whole new jungle. This is The Lion's Share. Brought to you by BetMGM. And how about these seven days of parlays on BetMGM? Account holders are going to receive a token to use on select parlays and same-game parlays each day during the promotional period. How do you get these offers? Go to the seven days of parlays page and claim your daily reward. Receive a parlay boost token to use on select parlays and same-game parlays each day during the promotion. Today, you can get an NFL same-game parlay boost token for Thursday night football, Rams Saints. Score a bigger payout if you win your parlay with the token activated. Happy holidays from the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM. And at the BetMGM Sportsbook at MGM National Harbor, Warren Sharp with us. Let's get your favorite bets for this week. Yeah, where do you want to start, Scott? I got a few that I really like from a props perspective. We can go any which way. Uh, let's, let's start with uh, Jamar Chase being out. So that means Chase Brown is going to get some reps here for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I like his over on his receiving yardage prop. And this line has been on the move since I bet it and sent it out to my clients earlier today. It says now that it's 17 and a half at MGM. I was able to bet some 15 and a half at a couple rogue books. There was mostly 16 and a half. It's now moved up to 17 and a half. I think the books don't know where to set this number. Last week was the first week that they actually lined Chase Brown in his receiving yardage. And they set it at eight and a half. And I bet that over at eight and a half. And it won easily in like 29 and a half yards. And that was with Jamar Chase in the lineup. Uh, with Jamar Chase being out of the lineup, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities in this game in what should be a tightly contested game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Keep in mind, the Pittsburgh Steelers this season since week 12 they're allowing 8.6 yards per attempt to running back targets that ranks 31st in the NFL 
They're dealing with a bunch of injuries defensively in their secondary. That should help a little bit from an explosiveness factor, getting some backups in there that aren't used to the positional assignments. And I just think that when you've got a lot of uncertainty, that's an opportunity for betters to pounce on some of those situations. And in this particular case, books don't know where to set this number right now because he hasn't played very much. He's only having two to three targets a game, but he's skying over the numbers on his receiving props because of how explosive he is. I think there's only two directions, or one direction rather, that the Bengals go here. They have to get him more involved because he is so explosive. And with Jamar Chase out, it really reinforces the point that they've got to do it now. They can't wait. They got to do it now. He's probably the most explosive playmaker that they could infuse some of those targets that Jamar Chase was receiving here uh, with his yards after the catch ability. So I like him over his receiving yards. And uh, on top of that, the Steelers suck and can't stop anybody. And they're not going to be close in this game either because they quit weeks ago. Their season's over. It's glad bag time for the Steelers in the locker room. Pack it in and go home. Uh, talk about Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, so we discussed this a minute ago in the prior segment. I like Christian McCaffrey to go over 80 and a half rushing yards. Uh, yeah, I believe that's the number right now. They're flashing it up. Uh, we talked about the fact that the Ravens are not good against two running back sets. The 49ers utilize 21, 22 personnel at the second highest rate of any team in the NFL. They're going to be in these sets a lot. They're going to have a lot of success against the Baltimore Ravens. This isn't just a thing this year that, oh, a small sample size, they've been bad against it. Start last year when Mike McDonald first came. They love to play with light boxes, with this heavier personnel that the Ravens, that the 49ers are going to be introducing. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a field day. Now, I decided not to take, normally I would just take longest rushing attempt over because I I like to play that angle a little bit with an explosive back like CMC and not have to rely on total volume. But I'm worried that his total is uh, longest rushing attempt was a little bit high for my liking. And I rather prefer the fact that maybe he hits three to four, 10 to 13 yard runs and gets us well on our way to this number rather than having to get just one run that gets 18, 19 yards. And so for those reasons and the reasons I already stated previously, I like CMC in this spot here on the ground. I like your Camara uh, play for tonight against the Rams. What is it? Yeah, this one is is pretty basic. This is a game state play. This is a game state play, and that is because I shared the numbers with you previously about how poor Dennis Allen is in these spots, and he tends to lose these games outright. I think he's one and eight straight up when he's playing on short rest. And as a result, Kamara going over his receiving yards. Now this line has been on the move today as well. I got it at a better number uh, earlier today. It's now all the way up to 32 and a half. Um, when which, which actually plays into some of these numbers that I've got to share here. In games when the Saints were losing at halftime, it's been six such games. He's had 33-plus receiving yards in every single one of those games. In fact, if you include the games, even when they were winning by between 1 and 10 points, he's gone over 33-plus 33, uh, 33 receiving yards in every single one of those games. There's been nine such games. The only games where he has gone under this number this season is when the Saints were up by 11-plus points at halftime. They had big leads. They didn't need to throw the ball much to him. My lone concern here is that the Rams are very good defensively running backs. They allow very few yards per attempt to running back targets. So I contemplated looking at his reception number, which is a four and a half. Ultimately, I opted to go to total yards, hoping that he breaks one. But that's another avenue to look. If it was at three and a half, I would have absolutely taken that direction. Four and a half to needing five. I felt like the yards were the way to go. But I think Kamara is going to have to be utilizing the passing game because I don't think they're going to have as much success on the ground. And I think they're going to be trailing in this game. So let's go back to this Bengals-Steelers game. The last time they lost was to the Steelers 16-10. They've rattled off three straight wins, 34, 34, 27 points. Browning's been doing the job. Mixon's been doing the job. Higgins has been doing the job. Brown's been doing the job. And the Steelers have been doing nothing right for five weeks, absolutely nothing. I can't even believe that they beat the Bengals, to be honest with you. You can't tell me that since he's not going in there and winning that game. 
Well, I won't tell you that, but what I will tell you is I, I appreciate your enthusiasm and vigor uh, against your favorite team here when they're not playing well. It's perfectly okay to be upset with them as opposed to one of those bandwagon fans, not bandwagon fans, but fans who just blindly stand by their team through thick and thin and never say anything critical of them at all. But one thing that I think is going to help the Pittsburgh Steelers is the fact that I believe they're going to have a lot of success on the ground in this game, especially with DJ Reader being out. Over the last two years, when Reader has missed games, the Bengals basically move from the equivalent of the number three best run defense down to the number 27 best run defense without him in EPA per rush and from number five best to number 30 best in yards per carry when he is off the field on early down runs. That's when he's on the field, mostly early downs. And so they are not a good run defense this year. And now that they've lost him, I think it's going to open the doors wide open for the Pittsburgh Steelers to have success on the ground. And what that means for this team is a higher likelihood of them winning this game because if you look at the Steelers when they have played teams that rank 20th or worse against the run which the Bengals clearly do and they're going to be really bad without Reader they're 5-1 and one this year they've won games over the Ravens the Rams the Packers the Bengals and the Raiders however when they play teams that rank average or above average against the run they're 2-5 and five. they've only beat the Browns and the Titans so they lose games when they can't run the ball against good run defenses and they're in games and win them when they're playing teams that can't stop the run I think that's going to be a great situation I agree Agree probably with you. I don't have very much confidence in the Christmas-oriented quarterback move that they made to go with Rudolph at the quarterback. I don't necessarily think that that's going to be the bright red light that's going to lead this team to victory. But I do think that they needed to do something different, and getting rid of Mitch Trubisky and relying more on the ground game is going to be the perfect thing to support Rudolph. Rudolph can't do everything by himself. He needs that team full of reindeer that's going to help hold the. Yeah. with him and I think yeah. that that ground game for the Steelers is going to maybe give them that opportunity against yeah. this terrible Bengals run how defense. About, how about a reindeer has a better chance of doing well at quarterback than Mason Rudolph does. Uh, the Bills are playing another crappy team. The Chargers Saturday in Lipstick City. The number's 12 and a half. Yeah, and this line initially came down with the thought process that this is going to be a slow spot for the Buffalo Bills, right? They had a huge emotional win last week. Now they're going on the road on a short week. How are they going to fare here? They don't need to win by that big a margin. Just get the win and move on. Playing so many games that are battles that just you have to get these wins against great opponents. Now they're probably thinking, we show up, we'll win this game. And for those reasons and the simple fact that this line, if you look at the point spread, how much is the downgrade worth? from Justin Herbert, who was playing terrible, now to Easton Stick. It's not this many points, and so there's some value in taking the Chargers. That being said, I mean, I don't believe the Chargers are going to play like some of these other teams play when they got rid of a head coach that they really hated and bring up a guy who was a great contributor in the locker room is going to rally the troops around him. I don't think that's where the Chargers are right now. Chargers are also down Joey Bosa. They're down Keenan Allen. All their key vets aren't playing in this game. I don't like the youth here, uh, so I'm not willing to lay it with the Bills, nor am I willing to take it with the Chargers. This is going to be a game that, I mean, Bills fans basically are hoping that they're going to win for the futures. Anybody who bet the Bills in the futures market a couple of weeks ago, we're going to be tuning in, watching the Bills, and hope that they get this win. But I don't think there's any value here in laying the points or taking them. The Bills are playing great and they're eyeing and smelling the Dolphins in the last game of the season. The Chargers, meanwhile, it was KY Jelly Night last week, giving up 63 points. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. They have folded up shop too. When we come back, we'll hit all the Sunday pain day games with Warren Sharp. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, back to the National Harbor where Warren Sharp uh, presides on uh, Thursdays and owns this place in the BetMGM Sportsbook. Everybody knows what happens on Thursdays. Uh, Warren takes over the entire casino. All right, let's start with the uh, Colts and Falcons in Hot Town. I think Art Smith is dead meat. Uh, he's dead man walking. Well... Look, I, it all depends on how much patience the owner has here uh, and what he does these last None. couple of weeks. That was an inexcusable loss last week. I do believe when he sticks a new quarterback in there, Taylor Heineke, to be the quarterback, I believe they're going to up their pass rate. And Art Smith is going to come out and say, look, I was trying to work with Desmond Ritter. He's absolutely terrible. Watch what we can do with a somewhat more competent quarterback in Taylor Heineke. As a result, I think maybe you got to look at, like, Bijan Robinson receiving problems. I think they're going to be throwing the ball a little bit more. The full game that Taylor Heineke played earlier this year, Drake London was inactive for. So he hasn't actually gone up and played a game where Drake London was healthy. However, they were passing the ball a little bit more in that spot. I think they're also going to need to because Grover Stewart is impactful for this Indianapolis Colts run defense. His run defense has been exploited for weeks. Grover Stewart, six-game suspension for performance-enhancing drugs, comes back a couple weeks ago and just takes over if you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were able to have some success running the ball for like five weeks in a row. They were actually one of the number top five run offenses for a span of about five weeks. Then they run into the Patriots. Okay, of course, the Patriots have the best run defense in the NFL. They followed up last week by not being able to run the ball at all against the Indianapolis Colts, and that's because Grover Stewart's insertion back into this run defense makes an impactful difference. I think that the Atlanta Falcons are going to struggle if Art Smith decides to just try to run the ball a lot here. It's probably not going to work, but if they take to the air, they are going to have some success, I believe. Both of these teams are semi-fraudulent, uh, but I think that the Atlanta Falcons with their backs up against the wall, a head coach coaching for his job, a team playing for their playoff lives is probably going to come forward, and this will be the last opportunity to really back the Falcons and get their A-plus effort. If they lose this game, everybody's folding up the tents and going home in Atlanta. They, uh, if they would have played uh, ice-cold Heineken uh, in, let's say, three or four of these last few games, uh, they would have won some of these games. If he was playing last week in the reign of Charlotte, they would have won the game. That pick by Ritter inside the 10-yard line near the end of the game was the worst pass in the NFL this year. Hands down, he is awful. You said it best. All right, Seattle, Tennessee. I'm not buying Seattle, even though they won the other night to go to 500. And Tennessee blew that big lead against Houston last week at home. Yeah, I have, no, I have no interest in really backing either of these teams. I don't know yet who the quarterback is going to be for the Tennessee Titans. It seems like it's probably going to be Ryan Tannehill, but I don't know for 100% certainty. And the Titans got eliminated from the postseason last week. Are they really going to continue to trot out Derrick Henry? I don't believe he's close to any incentives whatsoever. It would be one thing if he was close to making some more money and the team just decides to do him a solid, but I don't believe that's the case. And so are they really going to actually utilize him very much in this game? 
It remains to be seen. Meanwhile, the Seahawks certainly are playing for their playoff lives. They are not eliminated. They are off a huge win, though. Short week going across the country. I think this is a difficult spot for the Seahawks to really try to get up again, although they say that the mood, the atmosphere inside that locker room is great. They're going to get Geno Smith back. They're feeling really good about themselves. Uh, this is a perfect spot normally where Mike Vrabel pulls off a, a stunning upset, takes the team down when he's made an uh, underdog like this at home, but I don't know if Vrabel has the horses this week if they're going to play all of their guys now that they're eliminated. Yeah, I think they're going down. Uh, and I'll tell you another team going down is Carolina. Green Bay's laying five at Charlotte. They'll take care of their business there. Yeah, what's weird about this Green Bay Packers team, ordinarily you would say if you play a bad defense, you're going to have some success. But that has been the case against defenses that rank number 22 or worse. The Packers are actually two wins and four losses, dropping games to the Giants, the Broncos, the Bucks, and the Lions. Uh, both wins were very tight one-score games. Uh, the Packers have been getting absolutely demolished on the ground. Uh, so I do think Chuba Hubbard has been playing really well. They've been feeding him the ball for Carolina. I think they're going to have some success running the football here, which will work as long as the Carolina Panthers don't fall far behind in this game. This is just one of those spots. The total seems low, especially for the weather being as nice as it is. But how many points do we really trust the Carolina Panthers to put up here? Bryce Young, as I mentioned before, he's been horrific. The only good thing is he's facing Joe Barry's defense. Joe Barry is a coordinator who should have been fired before, still has his job. I guess it's because they don't want to get rid of him yet. Needs to happen this offseason. Bring somebody real who can call a defense that has an idea of how to limit opposing offenses as opposed to just playing soft coverage on third and short situations. I mean, it's been a joke what this defense is allowing. Uh, but that said, I mean, the Carolina Panthers, it's a great spot for them off of that win last week, getting a little bit of confidence going on the road against a bad defense. Maybe they can put up some points. I just don't know what you can ask them to do. How do you think Case Keenum's going to do for the Texans at home against Flacco and this tough Browns team that's been winning? Well, the issue for the Browns is, is I think they're going to just shut down the rushing attack for Devin Singletary and this Houston Texans team. If you look at what the Houston Texans have, have done on the ground, it looked okay. It's against one of the easiest schedule of run defenses in the NFL. And on the other side of that, the Cleveland Browns have played one of the most difficult schedule of run offenses in the NFL. In their last 11 games, they have played eight games against top 10 run offenses offenses. The times that they played a run offense that wasn't top 10, they held the Jaguars to 2.8 yards per carry and 47 total yards on 17 attempts. They held the Cardinals to 0.8 yards per carry and 10 total rushing yards on 12 rushing attempts. The number 26th ranked Texans offense is next. The way I see this playing out on the ground for the Texans, because of the way that the Browns play this boomer bust style where they allow a lot of yards after contact, I think that you're going to have Devin Singletary. He's going to have one run for like 18 yards. Then he's going to get 15 other carries, and he's probably going to total 25 yards on those 15 carries. I think you're going to get one explosive and a lot of nothing, and then you have to look at the injury report. Look at these receivers that are going to be out for the Houston Texans, and now you've got Case Keenum up. I think they're down too many guys to be competitive enough for the Cleveland Browns. I was worried a little bit about Joe Flacco and him showing up on the injury report, but fortunately for them, he practiced in full today. Uh, I think the Browns are in a solid enough spot here to just go handle their business. Uh, it definitely helps that the Houston Texans are without their key run stuffer, uh, just an outstanding run defender this season in their top draft pick, uh, and it's going to be or their second draft pick that they got. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what this Browns offense is able to do. They don't have a lot of protection up front for Joe Flacco, but I still think they're the better team. So Jacksonville's uh, still worried about Trevor Lawrence, and they go to Raymond James against Baker Mayfield, who somehow finds a way to win games. They're favored by two over the Jags. 
Yeah, and look, Baker Mayfield, he, he's been a delight. He's proved me wrong. I've been interested in seeing him throw the ball. He still run the ball a little bit too much for my liking, uh, and they're going to need to turn to the pass a little bit more against the Jacksonville defense, which I think is very fraudulent, but if anything is good against the run, but really fraudulent on the back half. The key to this game, though, and the reason why this game took under money, it's down to 41. This game just last night was 42 and a half to 43. This morning and today, it's down to 41 and 41 and a half. And we've seen money come in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's because Trevor Lawrence did a practice yet again today. We know that he left last week's game, or he played last week's game, but had a concussion, was diagnosed with it at the end. Did not practice Wednesday, has not practiced Thursday. Will he get a practice in on Friday? Will he be able to play? Because if it's not him, I don't think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have a lot of success. Not that he hasn't had his own issues with fumbling the ball and giving up field position by turning it over and just playing some really erratic football, and he's terrible under pressure as well. Uh, but I think you need Trevor Lawrence here if you want to bet on the Jaguars or if you want to look towards this over. And so how can you do either of those things with him missing the first two days of the week with a concussion? So the Arizona Cardinals are taking on uh, the Bears at Soldier Field every week. All you hear about is should the Bears move on from Justin Fields? They're favored by four. I don't think they should move on from Fields. I think he's done the job. I think it's easy for people to think he sucks and they should just draft Caleb Williams and all this other nonsense. What do you think? Well, that's tough. Um, I've had that same thought process as you have had for a little while now. But the problem if you're the Bears is like, okay, let's take the Baltimore Ravens after they won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, right? And you now have to go ahead and make the decision, are we going to pay Joe Flacco or are we not? Well, Joe Flacco just won you a Super Bowl, right? Now, the smarter move probably would have been to move on from Joe Flacco. Instead, they ended up paying him. They had to hamstring themselves with the salary cap a little bit after that Super Bowl. And their team was not faring quite as well. Um, and Joe Flacco certainly wasn't the type of quarterback to earn that level of money. Justin Fields, in my opinion, he hasn't won anything. I know they haven't had the right talent around him. There's X, Y, and Z reasons why. But if you pass up drafting quarterback number one overall and, and rely on Justin Fields, and then he's not that guy who ultimately takes you to a Super Bowl, you're always going to have this question. You're the guy who passed up on him. So I think for that reason alone, whether or not you could say he, it's, it's arguable that maybe he could get better and maybe he can play if there's better players around him. And I don't disagree with any of that. I've liked some of what I've seen Fields do down the stretch this year. I just think it's it's incumbent upon that current GM and the ownership there to take that shot and hope that they strike lightning, uh, catch lightning in a bottle with the number one overall draft pick. In this game, it's a tricky situation because both of these quarterbacks, Kyler Murray and Justin Fields, play better against man coverage because they can use their legs as the DBs turn their backs and try to go with the receivers, and then they can get ground on them. I mean, the Cardinals just sit back. They're gonna, they're gonna let their eyeballs focus on Justin Field the whole time. They're not gonna allow him the opportunities to run and scramble. So for those reasons, I think both these quarterbacks take a step down. I thought a little bit about the under. That's probably my favorite look in this game. But I really, I didn't even get enough down on that number. Uh, nor do I think it has any value at the current number. Uh, and I don't have any feel for the side either. Can Dallas win in Miami? Yeah, they can because Tua has the biggest splits of any team in the of any quarterback in the NFL when he is pressured. His sensitivity to pressure is massive. This season, he ranks when he's not pressured, number three in yards per attempt, averaging 9.2, number two in completion rate, averaging 78%, and his efficiency metrics, EPA success, top three as well. When he is pressured, his yards per attempt drop from 9.2 down to 5.7. His completion rate goes from 78% down to 43%. We're talking the 34th ranked completion rate when he's under pressure. This offensive line, that's what you have to study. What does the injury report look like for the offensive line of the Miami Dolphins here? Because if they are not able to protect Tua, he is not going to perform very well here. I think the Dolphins are going to have to get very creative. Mike McDaniel with the way that he calls this game and tries to move the ball against this Cowboys defense, but they need some of those linemen back and healthy. When we come back, we'll hit the Pats, Denver, Vegas, Kansas City, and the G-Men Eagles to wrap it up with Warren. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Warren has been stuffing stockings all day with winning picks and props. We got Denver laying seven to the Pats in the Mile High City on Sunday. If you look at Denver's defense at home, it's done a great job. They've played the Browns, held them to 12 points. They played the Chiefs, held them to nine points. They played the Packers, held them to 17 points. All those offenses are better than whatever it is that the New England Patriots are going to be bringing to town. Uh, I have no idea how up the Patriots are going to be for this spot with Bill Belichick's job and the questions surrounding that and the players. Uh, we have to look at the final injury report. Is Hunter Henry officially out? Is Ramondre Stevenson officially out? There's a lot of key contributors on the offensive side of the ball that might be out for this game for the New England Patriots here. But there's no way I'm laying seven points with the Denver Broncos, especially because I don't think Denver's going to be able to run the ball here. Unless it's snowy and the ground is covered and it's hard for the defense to stop the run offense because they can get their momentum going, uh, I think that the, that the Denver Broncos are going to struggle to run the football here to salt this game away. So I look at nothing in this game, maybe a little bit of a lean to the under, but it's a very low number to begin with. Vegas getting 10 at Arrowhead against the Chiefs on Christmas Day. I don't think enough people are realizing that the Chiefs stink against the run. They can't stop the run right now. They rank 28th in the NFL. And if you look at the Raiders, this offense has played the number two toughest schedule of run defenses since week six. Every single team they've gone up against is ranked top 14, and they've gone up against four teams inside the top eight as well. Uh, Now they get to go up against the number 28 run defense of the Chiefs. But the key is, are you in the game? If you're not in the game, you can't run the ball so you can't fall behind your defense has to step up here philly land 13 and a half to the giants at the link Phillies had a lot of success against the Giants, and I think they are going to be able to run the ball, salt this game away. I look for a big game out of DeAndre Swift here. Yeah, I do, too. I'm all over the Eagles. Merry Christmas, Warren. Great stuff, as always. Sam Cheers, Malone, Yarnell as well from the MGM National Harbor. Great job, guys. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.